podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Hi folks, Tino here with the final whistle show following Celtic's emphatic 4-0 win over Motherwell at Fir Park in the Premier Sports League Cup quarter-final. James, Muff is going to be furious that you called the 4-0 scoreline spot on, but a good night all round for Celtic. He is, and my apologies to Muff, um, just got that one right, but I agree, a great game. You know, all, all Celtic's football was there, all Angie's style of play was there, and they got the goals they deserved, so very comfortable victory with some... Really entertainment thrown into boot. Yeah, yeah, an enjoyable enjoyable game all round. Let's start with the the lineup. So obviously you and I done the pre-match ahead of the game and speculated on on various positions. The main question was, will it be Jackamakis or will it be Kyogo? And everyone was leaning towards Jackamakis, and almost for that reason alone, Ange goes the other way. Shut up, podcasters. Is uh, <laughs> what Ange says, um, and and he was right. You know. It's kind of for the reasons I'd put a bar ahead of Forrest, game time and gaining confidence. I think that's why he put Kyogo in and Kyogo got himself in position. He should have scored a couple in the first half. He was old enough to hit the bar, got his goal in the end, and that will give him all the confidence he needed. It was kind of like, you know, the, the sub time was already passed, but it was Kyogo staying on until he gets his goal. Yeah, there was a definite point being made there by Ange just to keep him on and, and give him that confidence. We'll get to Kugo and his goal a wee bit later in the piece, but I thought he looked sharp, lively. Um, he should have tucked the one away that he put past the post, but he's getting himself in great positions and very unlucky with the, the one that cracks the bar. Um, just some other points of note on the, the lineup. So Seagrass did start in goals. We thought that may have been the case. He's been the, the cup goalie, so he started the previous round against Ross County and started again last night. Um, Matt O'Reilly remains in the number six with Moy and Hattati, Hattati ahead of him and hat-trick hero James Forrest benched yeah well um, so like I was just saying there it wasn't for form reasons it was because Ibarra needed game time and confidence much like Kyogo and he certainly got that yeah so yeah, you mentioned it at the top of the piece there an entertaining game lots of Ange ball type stuff to use the term you know, creating loads of chances, nice and lively, looking sharp. Um, we've mentioned those chances at Felix Kyogo, so one that he should definitely have tucked away, the one that went past the post. Liam Kelly's made a brilliant save at point-blank range for another. He's cracked the bar with another one. Um, but we were chapping the door, and eventually it's come just before the half t- uh, the half-time whistle, and it's a badder that gets a goal. Yeah, the snake hips Greg Taylor, slaloming through the, the defence. It's a lovely play. You know, a, a brilliant one too. Um, and then anyone else just gets their head over the ball and strikes that and, and goes themselves. But he he knows that maybe a bad is better at that than him. And he cuts it back. I still think Taylor should be doing that kind of thing. Burn a baby shouldn't, put it that way. Um, so you maybe should try and gamble a wee bit. And it's okay if you miss that because it'll come. Um, but you can't have any complaints with the decision he made because a bad is there just to poke it home. Yeah, now and then I'd like to see Taylor pull the trigger. You know, sometimes he finds himself six, seven, eight yards out at a slight angle and he's very reluctant to open the body out to shoot on goal. 
And this occasion, he was absolutely spot on. It's, it's great football. It's a really, really clever one-two between him and Haksabanovic, and it's a perfect pass into Abada. Leal Abada should trademark that goal. That move is yeah. is him all over the back, and I think he's going to make a, a whole career out of it. Running late past the last defender, in between the goalie and the last defender, just picking up wee scraps in the six-yard box like that. He, he loves that goal. Yeah, very tidy finish, and it, it set Celtic on the way. Um, it was well-deserved at that point, wasn't it? You know, you could be justified in maybe getting a couple of goals first half, but we did have one or two slack moments, in particular Mauritiens in the first half. Mauritiens had a sketchy game overall. Um, I would say Jens, Segrist and O'Reilly were all a wee bit guilty of, you know, playing ambitious passes. On the other side of that, they are absolutely instructed to play those ambitious passes and it'll happen. It's, it's just something we're going to have to get comfy with, that part of our game will be Sometimes you find a striker pretty much clear on goal um, because we've been a slack pass. Obviously, we're looking to minimise the slack passing, but it is a feature of Ange ball that it, it can happen. So, yeah, not not delighted to see that, but aware that it's just part of the overall um, picture with Ange. Yeah, there was a big, big chance for Motherwell. I think it was Jens that gave the ball away. Sigrist found them out in the left-hand side. He faffed about a wee bit, he lost possession, and it's almost like he forgot the man was there. You'll know the one where the whoever was playing wide right for Motherwell just kind of got in the back of him and clipped it to the back post. I think it's a young guy, McKinstry, that it's fallen to, and he snatched at it, and actually, at the time, he take a touch, relax, and, and tuck it away, and it was, a, it was a big let-off at that point. Yeah, there's a couple of things going on there. I, I would say Sigrist isn't quite there with the passing out from the back, Um He's playing it when guys are tight under pressure. And if you look at Jens, when he's under that pressure, where's Taylor, where's O'Reilly? That's the two guys I'm looking at there. I'm not, not really looking at Jens. However, once he loses the ball, he, he kind of plays it out and might have been shielded, I'm not too sure. Um, comes off him anyway, and it looks like it's gone out for a, a goal kick. Go and make sure. You know, no defender should be assuming that ball's got the pace on it. Go and shield it and make sure it goes out. And if it's not going to go out, play something. But initially, it's O'Reilly and Taylor. I'm looking at where are they showing for Jens because it was quite a tight ball he got from Segrist. And then, yeah, um, the lad gets the ball across to McKinstry. He could have taken a touch, but at the same time, professional footballer, you know, he's an attacking kind of player. He shouldn't need that touch. Just, you know, stay calm, keep it low, and it's away. Yeah, it was definitely a big chance for them, and there's no doubt that Jens should have shielded it from Shields, but he didn't. So, a bit slack there. Um, you'd mentioned O'Reilly, and I suppose from his point of view, he's still learning that number six. I believe he played it a couple of times at MK Dons as well, but it's not his natural position, or certainly it hasn't been since he came to Celtic. Overall, he's had another good game, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with him in there, but there was a couple that he's gifted wide open. You know, he's maybe broken out of the midfield. He's slightly to the left-hand side, and he's tried the... The distance pass, you know, Andrew's team is built on five, seven, ten yard passes. O'Reilly's tried maybe a twenty yard pass right across the the middle of Celtic's midfield, and it's been cut out once or twice actually. And he'll learn from that, won't he? Um, it's a fine line, you know. If he's if he's half a second quicker, that ball does get through to Jurandovic or Abada, and we're off, and mother mother will exposed. So I can see why he's trying it. I know Andrew's teams are built on that, you know, five to ten yard passing, but I think they are encouraged 
to go for breaks like that as well if the opportunity is on. But you know, it's a low percentage ball. Um, so maybe he's better just to kind of field it to Iranovic. But I can see why he's doing it. Um, it was it was poor execution of a good idea. Yeah. I agree with that term, low percentage. I think when you're in the opposition's half, by all means, you know, take more risks and play play the pass that you know that may or may not come off. I think when you're in your own half, breaking out of defence, there'd be less encouragement to play that kind of pass. But as I say, Hatati, uh, sorry, O'Reilly's finding his feet in there, and he's been pretty decent the last few games, and he'll continue to get better. Moving on to the yeah, second top half, of that as well. One thing I was sorry just to finish off on O'Reilly, he's as much as Carl Vickers as captain. O'Reilly's dictating play from that uh, position, so he's picking that, that out from McGregor. Um, you, you know, hopefully he's with us a long time. There's obviously rumours and stuff like that, but if he was with us a long time, you could be looking at a future Celtic captain there. Yeah, he's a very confident young man, and he's he's matured beyond his years. So, twenty one years of age, and he certainly plays at a level beyond that. And yeah, it's great to see. He's a talented, talented guy, and I think the longer we can hold on to guys like like Matt O'Reilly, the better. Um, yep, so as I say, getting into the second half, we've had a couple of moments. There was a moment right at the start of the half, actually. Um, I think Juranovic was poor in the tackle. It's broken to, the, I think, the left-back, who's had a decent effort on goal and a very tidy save by Segrist who took it around the post. How do you think Segrist done overall? We've mentioned, you know, ball at feet and he's still working on that side of his game. But in terms of shot-stopping and goalkeeping, he's a comfy option, isn't he? Uh, that was the only save he really had to make, and he did extremely well getting down to it. You know, it wasn't wasn't an easy one, and I don't think any goalie leaves that to chance. You know, I don't think any goalie thinks, "Oh, that's going past." Even if it's going past, they'll still get the fingers on it to, to push it past. Um, but it was an excellent save, and no surprise to see that. I've always been a fan of Seagrass. I was delighted that we got him. I, you know, I've been buying the drum for it for a long time. He just has to keep working on ball at feet and he's got great guys around him between Stevie Woods and the rest of the goalies at Celtic to help him and encourage him in that so I think we'll see a lot more from Seagrass as, as time goes on happy with progress further progress to be made Yeah and I think you know if push comes to shove if Hart had to miss a couple of games for any given reason he'd be fairly comfy with Seagrass being the backup goalie and I think we've definitely improved in that area Um the second goal from Celtic's come around about the 56th minute and it's a bad again. And at this point, he, he talks about, a, again, another tidy finish after about a pinball wizard in the box. And that goal put him, even temporarily, as top scorer on eight goals. His return is excellent, isn't it? Yeah, and it, you know, it has been from day one. And literally day one, he scored a goal that should have stood. Um, so no real surprise. And that that's why he typically gets an odd for me over other players, because when he's not on form, you know, he had a couple of sloppy moments himself last night, but he's still there. He knows where he needs to be. Uh, he's got a great eye for goal. He's finishing from, you know, chances to goals scored. Must be pretty, pretty uh, well up there for Celtic. So I'm, I'm delighted for him. I still think he's got a wee bit to go in terms of recapturing his, his best form of last year, but he's certainly heading in the right direction. Yeah, I thought he had a, a very Abada type game. There was definite moments in the first half where you were frustrated with him. He was hitting the first man with the cross or the, the pass was being intercepted too easily from him. And he, he's got that in his locker. He will frustrate, but then out of nothing, he gets himself in that position and, and gets his goals. It's another reason why clubs will be looking at him. You know, we're not here to pitch Celtic players moving on, but teams across Europe are 
or further afield. They'll simply look at the stats and his assisting goal tally is really, really impressive for a young winger. And no harm to McKinstry here. You know, he's a, a young player developing himself and stuff like that. But if you take that chance McKinstry had, open goal, um, and the kind of slight lack of composure there versus the composure that Abada had, that was a difficult, difficult chance every second goal. It's coming at him fast. There's players everywhere. He's got to go through two defenders and a goalie to get it in. And he just stays really, really calm. Catches it on the volley, I think, and just puts it down to the goalie's left. It's a really calm finish. Yeah. So eighth goal of the season for Abada and only mid-October. So he's well on track to at least equaling his tally of last season, which I should have double-checked, but around about 15, 16, I think. Um, but yeah, the guy knows where the back of the net is and it's, it's great to see that. Um, a few minutes later, the game's done and dusted. It's Rio Hatati with a real bit of class. Abada's going to get the assist for that one as well, but by the time it gets across to, to Rio, he's got a lot of work to do and he gets the, the river dance feet on it and it's a great finish. I would say it's a Hatati assist for a Hatati goal, really. Uh, Abada does really well. I thought he'd run it out uh, down at the touchline. But he does well just to kind of get the toes round it, get it into Hatati. He's got a defender that goes round, that's done. And then a fast on rushing goalie. And you're going to go and what's he going to do here? And it's just that your best guy at five scores goals like that, you know, just two touches, it's, it's away. Lovely, lovely goal. Just that, that, that kind of epitomised the entertainment that Celtic were looking to deliver last night. Yeah, and it also shows you just the, the difference in quality. You know, no disrespect to Burrow, but you look across the board at the the options Celtic have, and it's it's wee moments of magic like that. You've mentioned Abada's composure in front of goal, and it's that bit of class from Hatati. And you know, whether it's Motherwell or Hearts or, or any other side in the league, actually, most teams just don't have that quality call, to call upon, and it's why Celtic more often than not find themselves getting out of trouble anytime they they need that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not one for quoting or promoting Stephen Cragen um, but he did make one point last night that you know when players were out of the, the squad for whatever reason at Motherwell it was really tough for uh, Steve Hamill to find replacements when McGregor was out for Celtic Ange is saying Ange is looking at which international is he going to put in to replace him you yeah. know so that, that's that's levels and that's no no disparages from Motherwell it's just where we are, are all at at the moment yeah and you know at this very moment in time we're missing Callum McGregor, Scotland mainstay. Um, Jota, seriously talented individual. Carl Starfelt, Swedish international. But there's some, you know, they're three starters, those guys. And yeah. Celtic, certainly domestically, have replaced them seamlessly. Um, you mentioned your best guy at the fives. And for me, uh, that kind of sums up Aaron Moy. I, I think he, sometimes he absolutely cruises games. You know, he's, there's no doubt he's a very, technical player, he's very adept and he, he knows how to play ball. He is about one pace, but I thought he was really comfy in that midfield again last night. He is. I mean, it's maybe something I'm going to have to get comfy with. That's that's his style. Um, and it's, you know, it, it was very effective last night, I thought. But at the same time, he is doing the walking football stuff. So he's your best guy the fives five years ago, maybe. You know, he's still got the touch, but the pace is a wee bit off him. Um, but I think he's always been that slow-paced kind of player. But like you say, technical footballer, good reader of the game, very good reader of the game, doesn't need as much space as other players really like, having the ball in tight and you know, uh, players tight beside him, defenders tight beside him. So, yeah, he's going to play a big part in the season. Frustrating as I think he can be sometimes, he can also do 
great things, and he, he was heavily involved last night. Yeah, I, I'm really quite pleased with his progress. I wasn't sure what kind of part he would have to play, and obviously Callum McGregor being injured has has created some opportunity for him. The big test will be a place like Tynecastle on Saturday, so blood and thunder, you know, far higher tempo than even last night. And if he can come through that kind of test, that would give you the confidence that at least domestically, he's going to be able to handle anything that, that Scottish football can throw at him. But I think over the piece, he's, you know, he's got more than pass marks for what he's done so far at Celtic. And he's shown some real quality times and and I think he's slotted in pretty well there. Yeah, I think that that is the question we, we, we still have outstanding is when we step up the levels and Saturday certainly won, but so will Shakhtar and Real Madrid be. So that, and even if those are not dead rubbers, but shots to nothing. There'll be good tests for a guy like Moy, and I'd like to see how he how he fares, particularly in the Bernabeu, I suppose, and see if he can, you know, put his name over a game, you know, stamp his name on a game kind of thing. So yeah, Saturday will be really interesting for a start. Yeah, and I think he's I think he's got a fair chance of starting that one. So we'll see how that goes so once Saturday comes along. Um, you had mentioned that Ange made a very definite point of keeping Kyogo in the park the full ninety minutes, as opposed to. The norm, which is that he would get changed after around about half an hour for, for Jack and Marcus, but I just kept him on and it's good management as well. You know, he, he can see that his striker is desperate for a goal, needing the confidence that a goal brings and around about the 76 minute, he's got his reward. And, you know, you have to say you're bad. I'm very unlucky not to be going home with the match ball and a, a hat-trick uh, emulating Jamesy from the weekend. Um, he's done nothing wrong, you know. He's very composed, kept his head down, picked his spot, and it's inside of the post. What maybe wouldn't have been um, as, as well noticed was how well Kyogo does to hold his line, hold his position. A lot of strikers just go, "Well, that, that's a way," and they'll, they'll rush in kind of thing. He's holding his line for two reasons: one, to give him the option of a pass, and second, if there is any ricochet, any break of the ball, he's there to. Uh, follow up and follow up he did and got his goal and you just saw how relieved delighted ecstatic he was at that you know and kind of just thankful for the fans support the whole thing was just was brilliant you know so unlucky for a bad a great for Kyogo yeah and Kyogo he's almost made a point of you know thanking the Celtic fans for yeah. I don't know kind of for the patience. patience with them yeah which is which is great and it's good to see and he's got a great relationship with the fans but despite that you'll, you'll get guys who are you know, bemoaning the fact that he missed a couple of first-half chances. If you cannot see that Kyogo Furuhashi is a quality operator, then football's maybe not for you. And I think, as much as he's thanked the fans, you've always got to be patient with a talent like that because you know that he gives his absolute tank for the team and he's got the quality to, to back it up as well. Yeah, and I suppose it's, you know, myself as, as much as other fans, not not so much with Kyogo, you just know he's a talent, but being patient with, with players on Andrew's team, you know, it's an intense way to play football. There's a lot of games. It's really high tempo. You're asked to work really, really hard. And another guy falling in that bracket that maybe I should be more patient with is, is Maeda. You know, I, I'm a fan of him, but he's been frustrating the last four or five weeks. Can't deny that. But he was instrumental in that fourth goal and he was busy all around before that. So... Yeah, we just, you know, need to give, give these guys space. And, you know, Angie's managing them well and keeping them out and bringing them in and all that kind of stuff. So, Kyogo is an obscene talent and will will remain to be so whether fans are a fan of his or not. Yeah, totally agree. You've mentioned Dyson Maeda there and it's a, 
a timely mention because it's the young man's birthday today, so it 25 is. years of age. Uh, I've bought him some composure in front of goal. What have you got him? Uh, determination and patience. Determination. He's got determination and bundles, but I think patience is something that he could do with. Um, but yep, happy birthday to Dyson Maeda. So 25 years of age today and, and good luck to him. The, the semi-final draw took place shortly after uh, the remaining games uh, on the night and Celtic have been drawn against Kilmarnock in the semi-final. So that will take place either 14th or 15th of January at Hamden Park. Uh, obviously, we've got the World Cup taking place in between times. So it's one to look forward to in the new year. Yeah, definitely. You know, that, that you know, the ambition yesterday is just to be in the in the uh, in the hat at the end of the game. And we did that with entertainment, with four goals. So it, it's it's job done. And another semi-final, another trip to Hamden. Kamala could be well, well up for it. It'll be a a robust challenge, shall we say, from McInnes. Um, but you'd have to say there's a, a good chance of getting into a, another final there. I know it's only October, but I'm already calling it. It's going to be 4 or 5 nothing v Kilmarnock uh, on that big Hamden Park. They are rank rotten. And if you're relying on guys like Kyle Lafferty and Ash Taylor to see you through, then then you're going to struggle. I think by that the time that comes around, Celtic will be purring. And it, it could be a very comfy win. But Ange would be chastising me for, for looking that far ahead but it's definitely ahead, one for eh? it's definitely one for him and the players to look forward to and another chance to get to a final so we'll get to that in, in due course James any final thoughts for this one as we start to wrap things up just that you know I think in the pre-match I was saying that was an opportunity to build momentum and four goals certainly does that on top of the uh, six goals on Saturday I think someone started last night that were uh, a domestic maybe even full season form is 3.4 goals per game so not bad for short shine. Yeah, not bad at all. So Celtic are back at hand in the new year and looking forward to another semi-final as they aim to retain the Premier Sports League Cup trophy. With 10 goals in the last two games, the confidence is back in the team and we can now look forward to Saturday's trip to Tynecastle. We'll be back with the pre-match show on Friday for that one. But in the meantime, from myself and James, thanks for tuning in. <laughs>